Israel-Gaza conflict Israel warns of long war as it moves to drive out militants. Isabel Kirshner The New York Times Tiffany May Isabel Kirshner Aaron Boxerman Isabel Kirshner Matthew Pope Big Tiffany May Patrick Kingsley Raja Abdulrahim Raja Abdulrahim Raja Abdulrahim Raja Abdulrahim Isabel Kirshner Andrezar Martinez Patrick Kingsley Isabel Kirshner Isabel Kirshner Raja Abdulrahim Raja Abdulrahim Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Amira Haruda Andrezar Martinez Christopher Buckley Christopher Buckley Yannette Joseph Aaron Boxerman Nadav Gavrilov Amelia Nirenberg Emma Bubala Ronan Bergman Israel vowed retaliation after Palestinian militants attacked southern Israel in the broadest invasion of its territory in 50 years, with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Sunday warning of a long and difficult war ahead. Mr. Netanyahu, who had urged Palestinians living in Gaza to leave now, said the first phase of the battle, fending off militants who had crossed into Israel, was complete. We have begun the offensive phase, which will continue with neither limitations nor respite until the objectives are achieved, he said in a statement, https colon slash slash x dot com slash Israeli PM slash status slash one seven one zero eight six seven five zero two one nine four nine nine five four two zero question mark s equal sign two zero. As Israel's military said its forces were still fighting militants in seven border communities and an army base on Sunday, tanks were seen crossing farmland in parts of southern Israel, heading south toward Gaza. Scores of reservists waited at rural bus stops, trying to get to their bases after Mr. Netanyahu issued a call-up. After an assault without recent precedent in its complexity and scale, in which the militants crossed into Israel by land, sea and air, Israel responded with heavy strikes on Gazan cities, which continued into Sunday morning. Hamas, a militant group that controls Gaza, continued to fire rockets into Israel overnight as well. However Israel proceeds, the military push to retake towns seized by the militants has already proved to be difficult and deadly. As of Sunday morning, officials said that at least 250 Israelis had been reported killed and more than 1,400 wounded. At least 313 Palestinians had been killed in either gun battles or airstrikes, according to the Gaza Health Ministry. The Israeli military said that Hamas had taken Israeli soldiers and civilians into captivity, complicating any retaliatory operations. Here's what else to know. The Israeli government said Saturday evening that it was cutting off its electricity supply for Gaza, which gets two-thirds of its power from Israel. The streets of Gaza City, the enclave's largest urban area, had emptied out amid concerns of an intensification in airstrikes. Gazans living close to the Israeli border fled to areas further inside the enclave, fearing an Israeli ground invasion. Mr. Netanyahu spoke with President Biden by phone on Saturday afternoon. Mr. Biden said that The United States unequivocally condemns the attack and that Israel has a right to defend itself and its people. Hezbollah, the Lebanese Shiite militant group that fought a war with Israel in 2006, said Sunday morning that it had attacked three Israeli posts with artillery shells and guided missiles in the Sheba Farms area, land it considers to be occupied Lebanese territory. Hamas had urged armed groups in Lebanon to join its assaults on Israel. The timing of the assault was notable, hitting Israel at one of the most difficult moments in its history. 
It came after months of profound anxiety about the cohesion of Israeli society and the readiness of its military, a crisis set off by the far-right government's efforts to reduce the power of the judiciary. Palestinians declared a general strike across the Israeli-occupied West Bank on Sunday and Israeli forces have closed some major roads in the territory to traffic. Seven Palestinians were killed in clashes with Israeli forces over the past 24 hours, according to Palestinian health officials. Mohammed Deif, the leader of Hamas's military wing, said in a recorded message on Saturday that the group had decided to launch an operation so that the enemy will understand that the time of their rampaging without accountability has ended. He cited Israel's occupation of the West Bank, recent Israeli police raids on the Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem and the detention of thousands of Palestinian militants in Israeli jails. Aaron Boxerman contributed reporting. Israel and Gaza were at war after Palestinian militants launched one of the biggest attacks in years from the Gaza Strip, sending thousands of rockets into central and southern parts of the country as heavily armed gunmen crossed border fences into Israeli communities. Within hours, Israeli fighter jets began airstrikes on targets inside Gaza. Here are images from the confrontation. Steret, an Israeli city near the border of the Gaza Strip, has long been a perilous place to live. Subject to repeated rocket attacks fired by Palestinian militants from Gaza over the past two decades, it has now been hit by a new wave of terror. On Saturday, a group of at least seven Palestinian gunmen entered Steret from the southern end of the town and left a trail of destruction. Videos and photographs verified by the New York Times showed the bloodied bodies of men and women in civilian clothing left on the roadside and the taking of civilian hostages. Armed militants also took over a police station in the city, setting off an hours-long battle with Israeli forces. The police said they had regained control of the building on Saturday night. Lying about a kilometer from Gaza, the city of 30,000 has long been seen by Israelis as a symbol of resilience. First established in the 1950s as a transitory camp for migrants from Romania and North Africa, Steret later saw an influx of refugees from the former Soviet Union and Ethiopia and was declared a city in 1996. Since the 2000s, U.S. officials including Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump have toured the town, taking in walls pockmarked with rocket holes. Tourists visited damaged homes and trauma centers in the town, donations from American Jews and around the world have funded first aid centers, bomb shelters and an Orthodox religious seminary. For years, the government and others thought of Steret not as a national problem but a local one, Eli Moyle, the city's former mayor, said in a 2008 interview with the New York Times. They now understand that if Steret falls, Israel falls. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine called for robust support for Israel and compared the attack it is facing with Russia's invasion of his own country. Israel has every right to protect itself from terror. So does any other state. And it is very important for the whole world to respond to terror in a united and principled fashion, he said in an overnight speech. The Hamas militant movement launched one of the largest assaults on Israel in decades on Saturday, killing hundreds of people, kidnapping soldiers and civilians and leading Israel to declare war. The largest of the armed Islamist groups in the Palestinian territory, Hamas governs the Gaza Strip, home to two million people. 
What is Hamas? Hamas was founded in 1987 by Sheikh Ahmed Yassin, who was active in the Muslim Brotherhood during the first Palestinian uprising against the Israeli military control of the West Bank and Gaza. Hamas has since been responsible for suicide attacks against Israeli civilians and the kidnapping and killing of Israeli soldiers. The United States is among the countries that have deemed it a terrorist group. But Hamas is also the governing power in the Gaza Strip. Unlike the Palestine Liberation Organization, led by Mahmoud Abbas, Hamas does not recognize Israel's right to exist as a state and has spoken about driving all Jews from the region. It has advocated an uncompromising position on the creation of a Palestinian state based on Islamic fundamentalism stretching from the Mediterranean East to the Jordan River. What is its role in the Palestinian territories? An Arabic acronym for Islamic resistance movement, Hamas was founded on three pillars, religion, charity and the fight against Israel. For years, it has had a contentious relationship with its rival Palestinian party, Fatah, led by Mahmoud Abbas. A year after Israel's 2005 withdrawal from Gaza, Hamas won Palestinian legislative elections, beating Fatah. In 2007, after factional fighting in Gaza, it ousted the Fatah-dominated Palestinian Authority and seized control of the Gaza Strip. In the early years, Hamas was widely embraced by Palestinians as the group most willing to resist Israel, and it was seen by some as less corrupt and better organized than the Palestinian Authority. But dissatisfaction has risen as Palestinians' lives have worsened amid conflict and years of Israeli and Egyptian blockade, and some feel the group's attacks have damaged Palestinians as well. Who are its allies and supporters? Within the Gaza Strip, Hamas and Islamic Jihad, the second-largest militant group in the region, are frequently united against Israel. Islamic Jihad often acts independently of Hamas and is focused primarily on military confrontation. On some occasions, Hamas has exerted pressure on Islamic Jihad to stop attacks or retaliation against Israel or stayed on the sidelines as the group clashed with Israel. At others, Hamas has been drawn into battle. Hamas is allied with Middle Eastern countries like Syria and entities like the Shiite Islamist group Hezbollah in Lebanon that oppose U.S. and Israeli policies. One of its most vocal supporters is Iran, which has its own interests in battling Israel. For decades, Iran has given Hamas weapons, technology and training to build its own arsenal of advanced rockets that can reach deep into Israeli territory. When the rockets from Gaza started flying over his village in southern Israel at dawn on Saturday, Amir Taibin was not overly alarmed. Mr. Taibin and his neighbors in Kibbutz Nahal Az, a village that stands a few hundred yards from the Gaza Strip, have become accustomed to frequent rocket fire from militants in Gaza. Bomb shelters are installed in every home, and residents are used to rushing into them every few weeks. But soon after Mr. Taibin, 35, took shelter on Saturday with his wife and two young daughters, he knew something was very different about this attack. The sound of gunfire. Then came a morbid realization. There were terrorists inside the kibbutz, inside our neighborhood and, at some point, outside our window, Mr. Taibin recalled in a phone interview on Sunday morning. We could hear them talk. We could hear them run. We could hear them shooting their guns at our house, at our windows. 
Palestinian militants had somehow crossed into Israel and had overrun the village. On the village WhatsApp group, neighbors were posting frantic messages. People were saying, they are in my house, they are trying to break into the safe room. Recalled Mr. Tybin, a prominent journalist for Haaretz, a left-leaning broadsheet. Messages from fellow reporters revealed even more terrifying news. They said that Hamas, a militant group that controls Gaza, had infiltrated scores of Israeli border towns and that it would take time for the Israeli army to reach the village. Then came an unlikely glimmer of hope. Mr. Tybin's parents, who live in Tel Aviv, messaged to say they were on the way to rescue the family. Dressed in civilian clothes and armed only with his pistol, Mr. Tybin's father, Nelm, had persuaded a group of Israeli commandos to let him join them as they tried to regain control of Kibbutz Nahalaz. In the early afternoon, the younger Mr. Tybin heard renewed gunfire. Israeli soldiers had entered the village, accompanied by his father, and were beginning to force the Palestinians out. An hour later, there was a bang on the wall of their bomb shelter, Mr. Tybin said. And we heard my father say, I'm here. Israeli police raids into the Aqsa Mosque compound have led to clashes and contributed to setting off the 2021 war. Hamas cited such incidents in announcing Saturday's large-scale operation in southern Israel. Video player loading, https colon slash slash static 01.nyt.com slash images slash 2023 slash 10 slash 08 slash 08 vid dash Israel dash updates dash 30810 dash cover slash 08 vid dash Israel dash updates dash 30810 dash cover dash square 640.jpg. The militant attacks across Israel on Saturday made for one of the most violent and deadly days of fighting in the region in decades. Hamas, the militant group that controls the Gaza Strip, launched a series of rocket strikes that hit major cities across Israel and it sent waves of fighters across the border into southern Israel, where they took over bases and seized hostages. Here's a timeline of what happened on Saturday and into Sunday in Israel and Gaza, times are local. 6.35 a.m. The first sirens warn of incoming rockets in central and southern Israel. This is the start of Hamas's firing what will be thousands of rockets at Israel, striking even major cities like Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Mohammed Deif, the leader of the military wing of Hamas, said in a recorded message that the group had decided to launch what he called an operation so that the enemy will understand that the time of their rampaging without accountability has ended. 7.40 a.m. The Israel Defense Forces confirm that Hamas fighters have crossed from Gaza into southern Israel. The Israeli authorities ask residents of these towns, including Steret, to hide in their homes. 8.15 a.m. The first sirens go off in Jerusalem, which rarely gets hit by rockets because of the Iron Dome defense system Israel uses. It was unclear if any rockets had struck the center of the contested city. But a witness said that rockets had landed in the wooded hills on the city's western edge. 8.23 a.m. Nearly two hours after the first air raid sirens, the scale of the attacks is becoming clear. Hamas has taken hostages in southern Israel and fired wave after wave of rockets. 
Israel declares a state of alert for war, effectively calling up as many reservists as possible. 10.34 a.m. Israel says it has begun its war against Hamas. 10.46 a.m. Israeli fighter jets strike the first targets in Gaza. 11.35 a.m. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel makes his first statement to the nation on the crisis, telling Israelis that they are at war. 12.21 p.m. The Israeli military sends troops to southern Israel to reclaim towns taken by Hamas militants. Israel estimates that Hamas has fired at least 2,200 rockets since the first siren Saturday morning. 1.46 p.m. Israel says it has struck 21 buildings that house Hamas military operations. 2.29 p.m. The United States makes its first statement, with the National Security Council condemning the attacks and expressing support for Israel. Throughout the day, Antony J. Blinken, the Secretary of State, will hold calls with leaders, including his counterparts across the Middle East, seeking support and laying out the U.S. position. 2.35 p.m. Mr. Netanyahu meets with his cabinet and releases a statement that they will reinforce other frontiers, an apparent reference to a possible threat from Hezbollah, the Islamist militant group that operates in southern Lebanon on the border with Israel. 6.08 p.m. President Biden speaks with Mr. Netanyahu to express his condolences and support. In a series of messages, including a speech, Mr. Biden says U.S. backing is rock-solid and unwavering. 10.16 p.m. Mr. Netanyahu addresses the nation, calling Saturday a hard day and vowing to turn where Hamas operates into cities of ruins. Overnight Sirens continue to warn of rockets across Israel, with reports of some damage. Israeli fighter jets strike targets throughout Gaza. 2.19 a.m. The first phase of the war is near its end, with Israel claiming to have destroyed all the sites used to launch the attacks, Mr. Netanyahu posts on X, the social media site formerly known as Twitter. He writes that an offensive formation phase has started, without providing details. Israeli airstrikes continued to pound the Gaza Strip into Sunday morning. At 1 a.m., the Israeli army sent SMS messages to Palestinian numbers in Gaza warning residents of the northern area to leave for shelters. But Gaza has no designated bomb shelters, and families usually seek safety in schools. At least 20 children were among the more than 250 Palestinians killed, according to the Gaza Health Ministry. Many of those killed were fighters with Palestinian armed groups that took part in the surprise attack Saturday morning. More than 1,700 Palestinians were reported injured. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's political opponents have criticized him for years and vowed never to join his governing coalition. But two such foes, Yair Lapid, 
the parliamentary opposition leader, and Benny Gantz, the leader of the National Unity Party, said they would consider joining an emergency government led by the premier after Saturday's deadly attack by Palestinian militants. Both opposition leaders have repeatedly called for the end of Mr. Netanyahu's rule. But the national crisis prompted by the assault and the expectation of a protracted, bloody campaign may have changed their calculus. On Saturday evening, Mr. Netanyahu said he had discussed establishing an emergency government during meetings with Mr. Lapid and Mr. Gantz. Mr. Netanyahu's 64C coalition in Israel's 120-member parliament is led by his right-wing Likud party but also has powerful nationalist and ultra-Orthodox wings. Political analysts have deemed it the most conservative government in Israeli history, it has led a highly controversial overhaul of Israel's judiciary that resulted in months of protests. Mr. Lapid, whose Yesh added party commands 24 seats, has said he would willing to join a government led by Mr. Netanyahu if he ditched hardline partners like Itamar Benver, the ultra-nationalist national security minister. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2023 slash 03 slash 27 slash world slash Middle East slash Israel dash Netanyahu dash Ben dash GVR dot HTML question mark. I'm willing to put aside our arguments and form an emergency, narrow, professional government with him to manage the tough, complex and extended battle ahead of us, Mr. Lapid said he told Mr. Netanyahu. Prime Minister Netanyahu knows that with the current extreme and dysfunctional security cabinet, he can't manage a war, he added. In a statement on Saturday evening, Mr. Gantz, whose National Unity Party has 12 seats in parliament, said he would consider forming an emergency government with Mr. Netanyahu that would focus solely on security challenges and allow his party to influence decision-making. As Israelis living abroad woke up on Saturday morning to messages from their families and news alerts on their phones, some started booking flights back home. Their country was under attack, they said. They needed to return. They needed to fight. It's the thought that you have friends that will be in immediate danger and you cannot help them, said Yodam Avrahami, 31, one of the many Israelis who has been packing bags and preparing to join the fight. Mr. Avrahami, who has lived in New York for four years, said he is lucky his wife and seven-month-old daughter will stay in New York, safe from the violence. But his friends back home have already had loved ones die in the most recent attacks, and they have seen children killed, too. You're trying to protect them, he said. It's as simple as that. Mr. Avrahami spent about $2,000 on a one-way plane ticket, he said, and he has planned to report to a base on Sunday to see where he is needed. He has also been messaging another friend who is waiting to fly home from Dubai. I'm not unique, he said. This is kind of Israelis across the board. But, some flights into the country are being cancelled, leaving Israelis abroad in limbo. Aaron Koplowitz, the president of the United States-Israel Business Alliance, has spoken with friends across the world trying to get back, he said. Many of them are trying to sort out the logistics to find ways to get back to Israel, to either rejoin their reserve units or just to be around their friends and family, he said. Mr. Avrahami, for his part, said his wife is concerned for his safety. But, he said, at the end of the day, she understands the necessity. 
They spent the day before his flight preparing. They went to the North Face to get supplies, comfortable clothes, a new pair of boots, to wear during what could be weeks of combat. Avrahami, who works in investments and consulting with Deloitte, also said he had been emailing his colleagues and clients, letting them know that he would be out of the office for a while. I was planning on client engagement, workloads, managing next opportunities, business management, investment cycles and stuff like that, he said. My whole world was like that yesterday. Today, it just doesn't matter anymore. The scale and complexity of Saturday's attacks by Hamas shocked leaders across the world. They came after decades of a relentless and deadly conflict that has killed thousands of people, forced entire generations to grow up under occupation, or created constant anxiety of impending rocket fire or bombings. Here is a summary of the main events of the conflict, which spans two centuries. On several occasions this year, hundreds of Israeli forces carried out military raids in the Palestinian city of Jenin. In January, a Palestinian man killed seven people at a synagogue in East Jerusalem. After a spate of terrorist attacks in Israeli cities, in 2022, Israeli forces killed at least 166 Palestinians in the Israeli-occupied West Bank. In May 2021, the Israeli police raided Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem, the third holiest site in Islam, which set off an 11-day war between Israel and Hamas that killed more than 200 Palestinians and more than 10 Israelis. In 2018, at least 170 Palestinians were killed as Israel responded to protests along the barrier fence that separates Gaza and Israel. In 2014, Hamas kidnapped and killed three Israeli teenagers, prompting attacks from Israel and rocket launches from Gaza in a conflict that killed more than 1,881 Palestinians and more than 60 Israelis. In November 2012, Israel killed Ahmed al-Jabari, Hamas's military chief, setting off more than a week of an exchange of fire in which more than 150 Palestinians and at least six Israelis are killed. In January 2009, Israel and Palestinian groups declared unilateral ceasefires, then Israel withdrew from Gaza and redeployed to the Strip's perimeter. In response to rocket fire from Gaza, Israel launched an attack on Hamas targets in December 2008 that killed 200 Palestinians. Shortly after, they opened a ground war against Hamas. In total, 1,200 Palestinians and 13 Israelis were killed. In January 2006, about a year after the death of the Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat, the co-founder of the paramilitary organization Fatah, Hamas won the Palestinian parliamentary election. One year later, Hamas seized control of Gaza, routing the Fatah forces. In September 2005, Israeli troops pulled out of Gaza, but Israel came under criticism for restricting the movement of Palestinians coming in and out of the Strip. In September 2000, a few months after, negotiations between Israel and Palestine reached an impasse at Camp David, a second intifada began, with Palestinian youth throwing stones at Israeli police. Support for Hamas continued to grow within Palestine because of its readiness to fight Israel.
In 1997, two suicide bomb attacks killed 27 people and Israel's Prime Minister, Shimon Peres, said he would wage an incessant war against Hamas. In 1993, Mr. Arafat signed the Oslo Accords with Israel and committed to negotiating an end to the conflict based on a two-state solution. Hamas, which opposed the deal, launched a series of suicide bombings in Israel. In December 1987, Palestinians living in the West Bank and Gaza started the first intifada against Israel. Muslim Brotherhood members founded Hamas. On March 26, 1979, Egypt and Israel signed a peace treaty at the White House which led to Israel's complete withdrawal from the Sinai Peninsula. The two countries agreed on the framework of an agreement to allow for self-rule for Palestinians living in occupied territories. Three years later, President Reagan expressed his support for their full autonomy with some Jordanian supervision, but Israel rejected the plan. On Yom Kippur in October 1973, invading forces from Egypt and Syria tried to persuade Israel to negotiate better terms for the Arab countries. Nearly 2,700 Israeli soldiers died in the 19-day war and thousands were injured out of a population of about 3 million at the time. In June 1967, during the Six-Day War, Israel gained control of the Gaza Strip and the Sinai Peninsula. In January 1957, Israel withdrew from Egyptian land, except from the Gaza Strip and the area of the Gulf of Aqaba, arguing that the Gaza Strip never belonged to Egypt. In October 1956, a few months after the Egyptian president nationalized the Suez Canal waterway, cutting off Israel from shipping, Israel invaded the Sinai Peninsula and the Gaza Strip. In November that year, the United Nations called for Britain, France and Israel to withdraw their troops from Egypt. In 1949, the newly created State of Israel signed a series of truces with Arab countries that had declared war on it. Under the 1949 agreements, the Gaza Strip was under Egypt's control. Hamas's attack on Saturday took Israeli intelligence officials by surprise, particularly the methods the militants used to enter and leave Israel, according to a senior defense official familiar with the information collected about the group. The broad attack, mostly successful from Hamas's point of view, revealed some significant failures by the Israeli defense establishment. It also may change Israel's overall strategic approach to Hamas and the Gaza Strip, said the official, who asked not to be identified when discussing security matters. And that could have a far-reaching effect on the entire Middle East. Until now, Israel has contained Hamas in Gaza with a strategy that hinged on an intelligence network that would warn against Hamas's moves and on the power of the Israeli army to repel a ground invasion by Hamas. In the Hamas attack on Saturday, these two safeguards failed. Israel is traditionally perceived as the strongest intelligence power in the region, with extensive coverage of the Gaza Strip. And in recent months, Israeli intelligence did repeatedly warn that a military conflict could flare up because Iran and affiliated militias have perceived Israel as weakened by the nation's profound divisions over the judicial overhaul being pursued by the ultra-right governing coalition of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, according to four senior defense officials. 
Still, while Israeli intelligence collected some indications that Hamas was planning a major operation, they were far from forming a clear picture, one of the officials added. Israel, the official said, did not pick up on the elaborate preparations that were most likely needed for the 250 Hamas militants tasked to lead the assault and target military bases, cities and kibbutzim. American officials, too, said that both Israel and the United States had known a Hamas attack at some point was possible, or even likely. But they said there was no specific tactical warning of the strikes on Saturday, no sign that would have allowed Israel to take specific measures. Many questioned why Israel and the United States were blindsided. Mick Mulroy, a former CIA officer and senior Pentagon official, said the complexity of the attack by Hamas indicated that it would have required much preparation. There were likely indications of the buildup of munitions and the preparation of the assault force, and there was cyber activity in Israel prior to the assault, Mr. Mulroy said. Since the Israeli withdrawal from the Gaza Strip in 2005, Hamas has transformed from a militant organization to the leader of a territory with many characteristics of a state. The group has started rounds of fighting with Israel every few years, which usually have not lasted more than a week. These attacks include firing rockets on Israeli cities and trying to kidnap or kill Israelis. But nothing has been as extensive as the Saturday attack. For its part, Israel in past years has responded with its enormous firepower, usually from aircraft, against targets in Gaza and has tried to assassinate the organization's senior officials. But it has launched very limited ground maneuvers. The Israeli strategy has been to contain the fighting against militants in the Gaza Strip, as long as Israel's fatalities were not too high, which might oblige it to engage in an all-out ground invasion. For successive Israeli prime ministers decided that the price of invading and occupying the Gaza Strip to crush Hamas rule would be too high in the lives of Israeli soldiers and Palestinians and that the toll of governing millions of residents there would be too costly. Israel continued to act this way even though it knew that both Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad have received funding, training, weapons and advanced combat and intelligence gear from Iran, three officials said, and that the militant groups were becoming stronger. The surprise attack on Israel came almost 50 years to the day to the start of the Yom Kippur War, which began with a surprise attack by Syrian tank columns and Egyptian brigades. That made it even more surprising that Israel was not more on guard. The defense officials said this was most likely not a coincidence but a careful choice by Hamas to pick a date perceived as a national trauma. The intelligence surprise, as well as Hamas's ability to cross the border and cause heavy losses, is strikingly reminiscent of the 1973 war. Israel has invested enormous resources in getting intelligence about Hamas, gathering significant information about most of its initiatives and targeting many of its leaders. But Saturday was not the first time that Hamas has managed to surprise Israeli intelligence. In June 2006, when a Hamas squad entered Israel, attacked a group of soldiers, killed two and kidnapped the soldier Galad Shalit, Israeli intelligence did not know about the attack or where Shalit was being held for more than five years. Israel eventually paid the highest price it had ever paid to secure a POW. That deal brought intense controversy within Israel, which could flare again with reports that dozens of Israeli soldiers and civilians had been captured.
The Israeli Defense Forces, even though they were aware of the possibility of a ground invasion by Hamas to seize military bases and civilians along the border, were slow to reach the scenes of violence. Many residents were forced to defend themselves. The videos Hamas tipped during the operation and which were immediately distributed on social media presented the Israeli defense establishment as weak, surprised and humiliated. Israel is now likely to respond with force, and possibly with a ground invasion of Gaza, in the belief that Hamas did not leave it any choice, a senior defense official said. One key question, which will determine how the crisis unfolds, is whether Hezbollah, the Lebanese militant group, stays on the sidelines or if it activates its fighters to attack Israel. If Hezbollah becomes directly involved in the fighting it is likely to become some of the most intense in the region in years. Julian E. Barnes contributed reporting from Washington.